Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Love that you've tuned into the JT and Ludi podcast, episode 144, powered by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And what's really cool is it's every sport. They don't miss anything, even esports and golf. There are people in the universe who bet on golf. But you can also bet on the NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball. You smell that? That is the smell of playoff baseball in the air. Also, combat sports and esports. Head to Bet Online and use your mobile device. Your mobile device. Who who talks like that? Who writes this copy, as we call it in the business? God damn it! Ah. Grab your phone. Head to Bet Online. Make your first sports bet, and if. You're not uh, currently subscribed to Bet Online. You can get a 50% welcome bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney. Use the promo code Believe, as in the Believe Radio Network, the platform that carries this podcast. B L E A V is how they spell it. Believe. B L E A V 50 is the promo code you can use. Slapped on $100, they'll give you 50. Bet Online, where the game starts. And now the podcast starts. Damn it. Mobile device. God. First thing you learn at film school. By the way, I never went to film school. (laughs) (laughs) But I I assume much like communications, it could be taught in a course and not in a major. Uh, Three months instead of four years. But nevertheless, uh, lighting is the first thing they teach you. And the great lighting should, especially natural lighting, should always be in front of you. I don't care much about that topic unless they want to give us Joe Rogan money. Then I'll have a little, I'll wear a dress. I'll wear a costume every I'm, I'm just doing this to talk to you, my great friend, as we connect okay, right. on our weekly podcast. Oh, no, Joe Burrow scrubbed his media oh, from his phone, no less, the young man. Uh, I'd like to get your reaction to that because we're going to play over and under after this, how quickly he installs it back on his phone. But go through what these young men are thinking nowadays as they scrub their media when they're making 80 to $200 million. And what I don't get is, okay, maybe people are saying awful things. Maybe that's what's going on. They don't read those awful things. Or just stay – there's no – with social media, you can use it for a lot of other reasons. You can see what your friends and family are up to. It doesn't have to be about you. And I, I, I'm sure everybody knows someone who – is on Instagram, Facebook. They don't post or Twitter, but they use it to see what you're up to and people they love are up to, people they like are up to. Who says it's about you? So but just you don't, are you don't are post so, anything. You are so full of shit on one thing. You say, don't look at it. The whole algorithm and concept and the addiction is everybody doesn't look at the plants and life and the sky. They look at their phone. So don't say, hey, you're going to live in this world and you're not going to read any of the responses. That's why people end up deleting their apps. More people should on a social media app, but I would assume that's what Joe's going Ooh. through. He's not mad at the way the app is operating. He's mad at what people are saying at him. Tom. Here's I read the comments on Instagram because it's friends and family mm-hmm. only. Same thing with my Facebook, with my alias, where you follow me. But uh, on Twitter, ever since the Colin Kaepernick brew, ha where he didn't like a song. 
and everyone wanted to take his head off. Um, I decided, okay, and, and I, my opinion was, you know, the country has to earn its patriotism, and people thought that was somehow controversial or liberal. And if someone has to earn your respect is not liberal nor conservative. It's, uh, I thought that's normal way to think. Anyway, uh, and I stopped reading comments then. Now, have I read them since? Yeah, but I can probably count the times on my hands. Now, you, but there's other people I know. Normal people can't go on Twitter without reading comments like you. And, and you post a lot more than I do. You see a lot of times I, I go through dry spells where I don't post. You don't have to post or make it about yourself. You can just read other people's posts. You sound like my lovely wife. That is good advice. Yes. That is very good advice. Your and... wife and I have been giving you that advice for years, and you've been ignoring it. Because you. here's the thing, too. You're a New Yorker. You got to punch back. You played rugby. You got to punch back. <laughs> that is your style. Well, it's an internet punch. It's not a real punch from a right. <laughs> nine and 300 pounds punching down. I had to Google Joe Burrow's age. It's 25. So I have a 21-year-old son. Right. And my son is acting much more mature than Joe Burrow, who, for whatever reason, has to take down his Instagram and his Twitter and all that. And he's a very young, you know, he's a young guy still. And life seems pretty good. He quarterbacked the greatest team in the history of offense in college football history. No debate. Not the four horsemen where they ran it up the middle on every play or the wing. No, this is Joe Burrow. And then he went to the Super Bowl and won an AFC championship ring already. What could be bothering him? Uh, well, here's what could be bothering him. I have my loony quarterback rating for the Ooh. first two weeks of the National Football League. So, you know, I already know where Joe, Joe Burrow stands. Now, we throw out Dak Prescott. We throw out Trey Lance because they haven't played in both games. Oh, by the way, they're the two worst quarterbacks in the NFL, so they're happy I'm throwing them out. They are the two worst quarterbacks. So we, we throw them out, and the worst quarterback in the NFL is Matt Ryan of the Indianapolis Colts. You you, you were, uh, you want to take your uh, your pick back there about the Colts? And Matt Ryan, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, Mitch Trubisky, and Ryan Tannehill are the five worst quarterbacks in the National Football League through the first two weeks. That's why it's in his head. It's in Joe Burrow's head. He's playing bad, and people are probably telling the truth on social media, and it's bothering him. Well, whatever's happening here, we hope for the best because we mean this. Mental health is serious. Yes. It was never covered the way it should have been, right. and it's being covered now. But mental health, part of being on social media, I think inheritably, and I like a lot of the social media companies, investments and all that, I think part of it is it's addictive, and a lot of it is depressing. So, people, if you right. look at something all day and you can't put your phone down and you're looking at it all day, that can't be good for your mental health. So when you see Kyler Murray, you think it's a contract, Joe Burrow, it's got to be the fans are yelling at him. We don't know what it is, we but don't. it's making the person feel better by pressing delete and getting out of that space for a little bit. You'd agree? Oh, yes. And you've, you know, you've actually taken vacations where you've pretty much unplugged over the years. Places like Europe and Utah. <laughs> Where you Unless I'm at a Stones concert in the 12th row in the Stones oh, yes, friends and family section, <laughs> burning up the battery. But uh, nevertheless, I yeah, I, I think you know, our brains are fully developed. We're older, and for younger people, it's got to be tough. Ryan Garcia took himself off of social media and got one of the greatest fighters on earth right now coming up, hottest fighters, and and uh, took a, a year off at such a young age, 20 or 21. But sometimes also, that can mess with your head. We've also, we, we, you know, we worked with a former child star. 
and uh, at Fox Sports Radio who went into sports broadcasting. And but he was acting from age 6 to 16. Huge movies, General Hospital, a lot of different things. And it's when you succeed at a younger age and get and achieve all your goals before most people even have any, right? Joe Burrow has achieved all the goals he wanted to achieve before most people have any. Most people in their 20s are still trying to figure it out. That can mess with your head. And it's, people would say they would love that problem, but Whitney Houston achieved every goal she ever wanted in her life by age 23. You're filling stadiums, bought her mother a house, Rolls Royces, movie star, multimillionaire. So she, what else can make her feel good? She moved on to cocaine. It can mess with your head. And so a lot of success at a young age before your brain is fully developed can fuck with your head. I was in the media rises off the floor T-Mobile for Canelo Triple G. Used to be we were ringside, and I was saying to someone coming in, Chris Matthews from 8 News Now, the big dean of sports news in Vegas. I said, oh, my God, we're here for the trilogy. We're at all these fights. We get to come here again, and they let us come for free and talk about it on our radio shows. And I'm sitting there going, "What, what an honor to be in the building and our friends from the past, Scotty Gertner, the people who promoters who put on the fight, whatever it is, uh, the fight wasn't good at all, as in not good. It wasn't a classic. It wasn't a great fight. It was a great night out because Mexican independence, the crowd was roaring so loud. The anthem from Kazakhstan and the ability to hear a singer sing at a level that I haven't for a long time in a boxing match right before it. The energy was great coming into the ring, but then your big pet peeve. Triple G forgot how to fight. The first five rounds, he moved backwards, never moved forward, and didn't throw more than a jab. And I said, oh, one round I could see it. Five, fight over, unless Canelo gets knocked out. Triple G trailing maybe seven, one, eight, one. No chance he can win the fight. And somehow remembered how to fight at about round eight and started throwing more punches. But I think because it was like, what the hell? Something happens. A lot of fighters have said this when they get old. Something happens where you, you're in the ring and you can't fire. And you, you, you're, you're dancing around and you think, oh, God, when I was younger, I would have thrown a jab right there. And so instead of it being implicit anymore, it's explicit. You have to think about it. And they just lose their uh, their. Ability to fire upon reflex, and that's exactly what we saw with Triple G. One big topic we don't discuss much because most of us haven't boxed. The majority of the world right. hasn't boxed professionally, let alone boxed. But when you watch a fight as a fan or a member of the media, or even if you're judging it, you look on and you can see it could be a struggle and its philosophies and plans and how you're going to execute the game plan. But when you don't fight like you're going to fight to your death, I mean – you tell everybody in the world there's a boxer. You're a boxer. You could die in the ring at any time. You're trained to fight almost to the death. And then you get into a super global fight on pay-per-view, 100 bucks a pay-per-view or 75, and you don't act like you want to fight to the death in the middle of the ring and throw multiple punches at any point. Then you got to question that type of boxer. If you're going to fight at that level, be like Bernard Hopkins. Be like a lights-out Tony. Be like Marvin Hagler. Be like all the greats, Ernie Shavers, who just passed away. Uh, you're going down in the middle of the ring if you don't win, and you're going to give it everything. And I wanted that from Triple G. Got nothing out of him. Nothing. 
Yeah, the only thing we got to see is maybe a fighter at the top of his game. Uh, Canelo Alvarez against almost mm -hmm. anybody else. I know he's coming over off a loss against a much bigger man, but nevertheless, that's because he was bored and we needed something yes, to do. Point. He was kicking everyone's ass. And he's a guy that when you're fighting him, he, he starts with the body like it's the 1950s. And those shots start thudding off of your abdomen and your kidneys and your liver and your, and your arms. And you're thinking, oh, my God, if one of those shots hits my face. And he can break your face if he hits your face. But he starts with your body. And then your arms wear down. Then your arms come down and it opens your head up. It's so old-fashioned. God, he's powerful, one of the best fighters. And working better on his English, which always makes you more of a global superstar. And his golf game. He lives at the golf course. He lives at Del Mar Country Club, where a couple of my buddies down there are members and have played. Wow. Rocco Mediates, home club. A lot of famous, famous people live there. And he's now a golfer, and he's at the club, and he's got the best equipment, and he's passionate about that. And he is one of the greatest fighters of his era. And we saw oh a lot God. of them in that weight class. We've been lucky enough together as friends for 25 years, even before we worked on the radio together, to be that dominant in that weight class, up and down that weight class for that many years is a real big deal. Well, he is a, a Mozart, a Lady Gaga, a Justin Bieber, if you want to put it in contemporary terms, who could both play three instruments or ten instruments by the time they were ten. And he had started fighting at an incredibly young age as an amateur, beating up adults, and then became a professional as a child under 18. I think he was 15 or 16. And so he's got the experience. You know, he's got a lot more experience than his age would appear to, would lend you to believe. And so that's just what makes him, you know, and you've got to start playing the violin at age three if you want to, if you want to fill up a stadium. And he started playing that boxing violin at age three, and he's filling up stadiums, and he's a joy to watch for the eight of us who still watch boxing. <laughs> Welcome to one of our most anticipated podcasts of the year, the Owen 2 podcast, oh born well over a decade when Tom and I on radio together said, we got to do something about these Owen 2 teams. It's such a big topic because there's panic throughout the NFL, but only on a small group of fan bases because it's hard to go 0-2. 1-1 is glorious. 2-0 is fantastic, but you don't want to be 0-2. So Tom and I decided to talk about it a lot, back it up with some facts and some stats, and then get into the panic of it from the fan bases and talk about it in a podcast every year and on the radio. And, Tom, that's where we're at. There are five 0-2 teams, and they all have great storylines and I guess they all have must-win games coming up. Right, Cincinnati Bengals at 0-2, Houston, Indianapolis, Tennessee. Oh, actually, look, at Indianapolis has that tie. but well, they The are tie's winless. important. They're not 0-2. They have a They're tie. Right. Uh, Houston also has that tie. They, they were the, the tie with Indianapolis. Tennessee, the Las Vegas Raiders, your Las Vegas Raiders, where you have been working forever and ever. Amen. Carolina Panthers. Atlanta Falcons, who looked very good with Marcus Mariota against the Rams. Those are your winless teams. So 0-2, what does it mean? Uh, you can throw out all the numbers. If you go to 0-3, you're out. Mm -hmm. And 0-2, we saw a great story in NFL history where the Cowboys were 0-2 because a guy named Emmett Smith was holding out of a contract, which he should have. Jerry Jones broke down and paid him more after 0-2, and they went on to win the Super Bowl. And that's like an eclipse that happens right. every 2,000 <laughs> years. You're not going to see that again. That's called a throwout statistic in statistics class. So Cincinnati 
they're in a tough spot because I don't think they were that good last year. I really don't. They got hot. They weren't great. They were never great. They were a two-win team, four-win team to a Super Bowl team. And what they did is they caught a couple of games where they stayed in it late. Joe Burrow made a great play. They won, but they were never this juggernaut like the 72 Dolphins or the great you know, 2000 Ravens and some of the great teams you've seen. Not the team, but they got there nevertheless. Jo- Joe Burrow had an appendectomy surgery. Yep, He didn't play a lot in the preseason. He's throwing interceptions. The defense is breaking down a lot, and they're losing at a level by turning over the football. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs here, but this is not shocking to me. Well, right. In our in our brilliant preseason show where we made our Super Bowl picks, and we've been so accurate over the years with our Super Bowl picks, I did say that the Cincinnati Bengals wouldn't return because I had history on my side. I look at the divisions every single year, and I say, okay, let's look at organizations, even rather than rosters. If you just look at organizations and say the Cincinnati Bengals aren't going to make the playoffs, you'll be right year in and year out, and you're going to be right this year. Carolina, I buy into Baker Mayfield, the Heisman Trophy winner at Oklahoma. My son, who's editing this podcast and coming up with all this cool stuff, is at Oklahoma as he does this. I'm a Baker guy. I'm a Kyler Murray guy. I'll get to that in a bit. always like those guys. And he had the perfect setup. He only had to beat out Sam Darnold with a desperate coach that needs someone. Matt Rule's never done anything. And right. the richest owner in the entire sport, even over Stan Kroenke, the richest owner. So if he did win there, the richest owner could give him a long-term contract. He's 0-2. The Giants stepped up. If you look at what the Giants, Giants are 2-0. Giants beat him. Baker lost this grudge match to Cleveland, his former team, and I think Carolina is probably on the outside the rest of the year because of this. I wanted Baker to get off to a good start. He couldn't do it. We've always liked those hard drinking, crazy quarterbacks like like Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield. But you also know too. You must know in the back of your mind that when you've got you know, your quarterback can't be the guy doing kooky stuff. And I just I, there's something about Baker Mayfield that just uh, I, I, that does doesn't scream. Elite quarterback with yeah, me. But he's and, not doing he's not doing anything crazy and stupid. He's married. He was doing progressive commercials before he left Cleveland. Home well, guy. I don't count that. That that yeah, you, have but, to, you have to jump on shit like that when you're hot. I, the, the commercials never bothered me. You can do two things at one time, and it takes five. You know, take it takes a few hours to make a commercial. That's no big deal. But I know I'm just talking about fighting back with the media, etc. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to have the temperament. For, for me, and that's and guess what? There, there are throwout statistics, as we mentioned, like the Cincinnati Bengals last year. Uh, and I do love his, his guile. He's, uh, he, he, he wants to win. I won't question his desire over any of the other uh, 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. But I don't think also it's the luck of where you land. That poor guy landed in Cleveland and now Carolina. And Baker's that sucks. Owen, yeah, Baker's Owen, too. You taught me a long time ago. Don't talk a lot about something that people aren't interested in. Oh, right. well, you said stay on point. Answers. You've taught me that over the years. So we <laughs> both agree we're not going to spend a lot of time on Atlanta. No. They uh, play in the oh, Mercedes-Benz oh, right. Dome, Arthur Blank, the, the Home Depot, multi-multi-billionaire owns the team, plus other investments there too. Arthur Smith takes over. Marcus Mariota is a running quarterback who ran like four plays on the ground for the Raiders. He's not going to lead you to the playoffs. And we like the guy. Like the guy a lot. Seems but nice. But there's not much to say on it. The Hawaiian guys are always so polite and religious. Manti Teo. Did you see the Manti Teo? Oh, my God. 
separate podcast. I know it's a separate podcast. Oh my God, I loved that. But never the, by the way, Notre Dame invited him back. Thanks to that. Thanks to that documentary. Documentary was amazing. It'll he got invited forward. back to Notre Dame, and they gave him a big shout out at the game last week. Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons. You never want to talk too much about the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Hawks, or the Atlanta Braves, or people will tune out. I just set you up beautifully. Right <laughs> and then I am shutting down this podcast. Depending on when you're watching it this week, right. I'm on I'm on the road to Nashville. My wife and I, friends that I grew up with from first grade, uh, the Army of the Raider Nation, who picked that game early when they saw the beauty of nashville and broadway when the weather's in its 80s early on but the raiders and the titans are 0-2 yeah and the raiders had Shit. their biggest lost point collapse in the history of the franchise right in front of me like you know 30 yards from me watched kyla murray have one of the greatest games ever and tennessee got beat so badly earlier this week in buffalo they bench ryan Tannehill. derrick henry couldn't run it from me to you and he couldn't get back to the line of scrimmage they got blown out so badly that people in Nashville are questioning Mike Vrabel's staff, Mike Vrabel's staff, if, if, if he's going to let people go. And they are a mess right now, and they're typically a 12-5 and five team time. Uh, yeah, I think they, you might want to ignore that game. It was the Buffalo Bills, and considering the turnovers, et cetera, that happened every once in a while. Even good teams have a stinker like that. You've got to hope. If you're a, a fan of the Tennessee Titans, if that's a, just a throwout statistic and you've got, oh, unless you're a Raider fan, you've got to hope that's who they are because both of these teams are hungry for their first win, desperate and angry for their first win, having giving up wins, uh, and, uh, having giving up losses in, in, in games they maybe should have won, with the exception of the Bills games with the Titans. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, a former producer of ours who I texted and said to him, there are no easy wins in the NFL because the first quarter of the Titans played very tough. <clears throat> and as soon as I hit send and there's no easy wins, the, it was a tiptoe through the tulips for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it's a tough game for the Raiders because the Tennessee Titans have something to prove probably more than the Raiders to get this game in front of their home crowd. I hope you – is it Jimmy B? Uh, it's Chris mm -hmm. Farrell. Okay, uh, you and Chris and families have a good time and a win in Nashville because I don't know if you're – well, I know you're going to have a good time. I don't know if you're going to get a win. Well, the Raiders need it just as bad, too. they got a brand-new head coach, and he's a good coach. Yeah. Josh McDaniels won six Super Bowls, not one, not two, six. With Belichick, he's a hell of a coach, and he's getting another shot to be a head coach here with the Raiders, and he's done kind of everything right. And they had a snake-bit collapse, which wasn't part of the plan. Right. And they only lost to the Chargers week one and had the ball late, and they could have won the game. Exactly. So they're, I think they're a really good team. I had them in the playoffs as a wild card. You know, they won 10 last year. I didn't think they'd win 11 or 12. think they'd be around there. But, man, an avalanche. Now, with that schedule, they got Denver and Kansas City right after Nashville, home to Russell Wilson and at Patrick Mahomes. So the Raiders, they got to get a win and get out of there with some momentum going. And I think luckily for the Raiders, at least, it looks like the Denver Broncos aren't as good as we thought they were going to be. Maybe their entire offense was built around Aaron Rodgers <laughs> rather than Russell Wilson. I don't know. But it looks to me like they're struggling getting out of the box, and that's good news for the Raiders. Well, 2-0 and is where you want to be. 1-1 and is perfect. A couple other quick topics before we get out of here. I wanted to get to Trey Lance. What a shame. I've I seen know. this story before in sports, yeah. but it is kind of rare. He goes to a small small college, doesn't play much, loses a whole year to COVID, not playing much in regards to not being sick, but the schedule being wiped away. 
small school to begin with, as I said. Then he comes and he's a backup. He's going to be a backup. And they give up three first-round picks for him. They tell the really good quarterback, Garoppolo, really good quarterback, we don't want you. Please get a trade. You go get the trade. We'll agree to it. No one wanted to trade for it. They literally kicked him out of the border of Santa Clara and San Francisco and said, leave. No one took it. And fortunately, they have him. They might be better than they would have been with Trey Lance. And what an insurance blanket for the 49ers to have going forward to have a shot at winning the Super Bowl. When the Patriots traded Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers, didn't he win like six or seven games in a row? Not even knowing the offense and wandering in and just won games with the San Francisco 49ers. Took them to the Super Bowl and 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 a franchise that was starting to become a joke ever since Harbaugh left. They were good for a small wind. A lot of people in the 30s and 40s had to believe old people that the 49ers were ever good. And then Jim Harbaugh came along. They were good. He left. They were bad. Garoppolo comes back. They're good again. I don't know what's going on with the people that run that football team. But right now, you got what you – this is how you know they're a badly run franchise. The quarterback that they have is going to make them a lot better than they would have been this year, and he's not the one that they wanted. That's a franchise that doesn't know what they're doing. Well, what they wanted, and they gave up three first-round picks for an anointed offensive genius in Kyle Shanahan and his mm-hmm. dad, Mike Shanahan, who I respect and have interviewed him so many times. That's a guy, when you look at what they're trying to do, they're trying to win Super Bowls, like Shanahan won two with Elway. And Kyle Shanahan, I give him the respect to say, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win me a Super Bowl or give me a better chance again, but they were damn close. They had the lead, and Jimmy G missed a bomb by about, you know, eight inches, a little bit more than that, but that close to winning a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan said, that's not good enough. Just like Sean McVay said with Goff, I need Stafford because Stafford's just not good enough. So they roll the dice with Trey Lance. I just hope the kid, we talked about mental health in this and Joe Burrow. And we're not saying Joe Burrow has bad mental health, but he deleted his Instagram and his social media. I hope Trey Lance doesn't look at his because not because people are ripping him. He got injured severely, but the Niner fans love Jimmy G so much that on the news, he's great looking. The fans want him. They think Jimmy G is going to be the savior. Now, if you're Trey Lance looking at that, That's not a good thing. Just rehab, turn that off because he had his chance. And a fluke, a catastrophic season-ending injury took him out. And when you take a look at my trusty quarterback ratings, the top five best quarterbacks in the National Football League. Actually, here's the only quarterbacks with above 100 quarterback rating, which is just so elite and wonderful, and there's only seven of them. Mm. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Tui Tungvaloa, Justin Ebert, Carson Wentz, and Jared Goff. The seven best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And Jimmy G hasn't Jimmy G would have over one hundred quarterback rating if he would qualify, but he doesn't because he's only played in fifty percent of the games so far. Wanna end the podcast because we've been on for historic times. Another thing about Tom and I on the radio and podcasts, we chronicled all of the early stages of COVID, we've covered all these big national stories. God saved the king. And for Queen Elizabeth II, may she rest in peace. My wife and I, buried in all that content, watched it all. Up to Nightline, watched it when cable news wasn't quacking about politics. We watched all of it. So we want to pay our respects. And 
here comes King Charles, Tom. So the next time we're in London, there won't be Queen Elizabeth II. There'll be King Charles. How do you feel about that? King Charles III. Well, I'm not a big fan of the aristocracy. <laughs> However, I also, I'm a big fan of paying attention to what's going on in the world. And, and I'm a big fan of human beings, and she's been in our life, our entire life. There's been no other uh, royal figure over there, no other king, no other queen. And we probably got more or less, we got uh, turned on to or we got the royal family pushed on us because at a developing age, we were, uh, Charles married Diana when we were kids. And that was such a big deal. That's where they came into my life. And so, yeah, I feel like I did. my grandparents were a huge part of my life. And she always reminded me of my grandmother. Let so, me tell you something so dead serious. I want okay. this to stay with you. After watching Downton Abbey, after watching The Crown, right, after studying the Beatles as a kid, knowing what the Queen was like over there and the impact on artists and musicians, and especially Game of Thrones, I believe in a world of a king and a queen and someone fighting to become the queen or the king and get to the top. <laughs> House of the Dragon, I'm watching now. So as I look over to the other side of the pond, looking around at what I'm seeing today, with the market down 522, maybe we could go back to a king and queen time here in America. <laughs> and I'd be okay with that. Or the short you. term, just for six or seven months, How just to you. test it out. Well, I do know that we enjoy that. I mean, that's why we kind of have the pomp and circumstance around the presidency. It's supposed to be just another citizen. But we the, a part of a lot of our roots, our Caucasian roots, are, are, are from that, that neck of the woods. I, I, most of mine is Irish, but my great-grandmother was born in bloody England, and I and I can't help but enjoy it and romanticize it. And it looks like fun to me if you're part of the family because it looks like you'd have a lot of really cool toys and houses to live in. And it's, Wouldn't it be great to walk into a home and there's a painting of your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather from 1615? Wouldn't that be well? We don't know. What our great 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 grandfather looks like, and I would love to know. I just I want to live in a society when I walk up to someone, or someone someday might come up to me and say, "Your Grace, your Grace." I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's fantastic. Oh, and I am. Like, you'll be happy. I, I skipped. I skipped Game of Thrones. I've seen a lot of it, but when you, it's hard to come into the middle of that. But I am watching House of the Dragon because it's easier to catch up on because there's four. Well, the great news on that is once you finish House of the Dragon, you must go immediately into Game of Thrones. If you're one of the few, few people who have never seen Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. a lot of people have. So yeah, I didn't House say of the I've never, but I, it, it didn't, it didn't pull, almost like Star yeah, Wars. It just, I, yeah, it just exactly. doesn't pull at me the way. I'll so be. after this, you'll want to jump right into that because they're moving in time. They started 170 years back. Uh, now each episode, they're moving up five to 10 years. So they're moving it along nice to get those Eras closer together, so when you jump back into Game of Thrones, you're right there. I do know that they kill and poison children on the show and sometimes burn them in the stake. They do pretty... a lot of that. Whew! And Jeez, come on. It's the JT and Looney podcast. Nice. Yeah. All over the place, but I want to keep it all over the place. I don't oh, want to do yes, a structured one topic. You know, I, I like it this way. I like well, it that this people. Is, this you is know, some of a lot of times what we sometimes um, during the week on the phone say that should have been the podcast. Um, and that's it's much better. It's two people interested in everything talking about stuff, including two friends sports. Who 
who is my buddy H always says he's so so great. H always says he goes, he'll send me something for he actually listens to Clay and Buck. Uh-huh. And he's a hardcore conservative, but with so many great, beautiful principles. Uh-huh. He'll send me something with like this. There'll be radio on radio crime. Like so Howard said something about this or whatever. Uh-huh. And he goes, you radio guys all hate each other. We <laughs> <laughs> said that. I go, now Looney and I, we actually like each other. We, right, exactly. And it's uh, it's so, did you did you hear that, uh, that uh, all news station rant where they do the happy chatter morning shows that I sent you? Listen to that. It's it's a guy and a woman who hosts a morning show, I think, in Nashville. And then during the commercial, he's saying, "You fat bitch!" Oh yeah, of course be- I watched that. I, I, I first thing I saw, oh, it was okay. unbelievable. He was saying that to a woman <laughs> in the society we live in and should live in. You never would talk to a lady or anyone that way. It was radio insanity uh, yeah, not only that too, and then they got to come back and do happy. i was waiting for that because you know you got to come back and do happy cheddar and you and i we're human beings and we're guys and, and anytime we probably got annoyed with each other we were over it by the next segment and talking about other things thank god we had that temperament i mean yeah. anytime i've ever been annoyed at me and hopefully you at me uh, annoyed with you, I, I was over it by the next segment because we got another next segment and i like you no we were <laughs> never Jesus. we were never at us in our personal lives it wasn't like you were gossiping behind my back. Oh, you right. Didn't like me. I didn't like your Renee. You didn't like Julie, which everybody oh, in radio has God. that issue. Yeah, None they, of that. Right. We, we had nothing to be mad about, which right. is really interesting. Or you if know, you other get people... annoyed that, you know, that we, we might have made a fool of each other or asked you a question you couldn't answer, which we used right. to do, uh, that, that I wouldn't turn around during the break or you and say, you must, I feel he's sorry for your children. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what he said to her. It was because brutal. Of radio shit. Look at this for a second. You'll love it. Oh, we lose it. We still there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the video went out. Can you see me still? Yeah. Yeah, I can see you. Went out yeah. on my screen. But look yeah. at this. Look at this guy down there. Ah, uh, the doodles. Hey, Jasper. Oh, the Jasper. Jasper, look up. And he does radio now and podcasts and doesn't say a word, which is totally trained into his life. Wow. He's, he's heard so many reps at home. <laughs> so many reps, and he's a you know house dog. He's not going anywhere. That he find he compl- there's no worry about him barking, chiming off. You know, I always think like it's that. really cool right. when you tell me that when guests stay with you and they leave, they get upset that they have to leave oh, Jasper. They, behind. they love this dog. The yeah. only thing is, his first two minutes at the door, like what do we always laugh? We can't have a party which we dream of in life of like sixty people with waiters uh-huh. because he would come up to every single person who came in the door and wag and lick and jump on him for five minutes <laughs> and then he's you know, just right. go right down at their feet yeah that's and that is a common you know living with a dog trainer a, a doodle issue that jumping doodle issue not yeah. uh, positive jumping not negative jumping but some people don't like that yeah some don't i'll talk to you this week from nashville all right see ya Thank you for listening to all 34 minutes and 44 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast powered by our friends at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.